uh, a father is a beautiful thing. Uh, it is work. Uh, and, and ultimately, all that our children want of us uh, is to be present. Uh, this is a dad show, man. And whether a man, a woman, grandparent, mother, daughter, whoever's listening, they need to hear these stories. You're now listening to My father, he was a he was a custodian at the church, and you know, for a long time, I grew up in the church. I believe that every father is supposed to be a better father than his father, right? So if you just by you had talked, you know, a few months back, I had went through some issues where I ain't gonna front, man. I was just flat out weak. This COVID thing has really just sold me crazy. You're now listening. To- is when you're a father there's different lenses in how you need to communicate to be engaged with them and and ultimately what we produce as fathers uh will be a masterpiece to make 100 because 99 just won't do. Welcome back to Fatherhood Fridays, season six with your host with the most charmer. How's it going out there, everyone? You heard it first. We are at the 99th episode, which means one thing. The next episode will be the 100th episode. Yeah, that might not seem like a big deal to some, but it's a big deal to me. Why? Because in the span of two, three years, I've been able to record now in another week, a hundred episodes. And so I'm excited. Um, It's just something to celebrate, a milestone to have. And so um, join with me today as we are in fatherhood Friday, season six, episode number four. And we are going to be touching base on the power to nurture, how to father without fear or violence. And so I feel like this is another good topic that I'm pulling out from the book. Um, Like I said, back in uh, episode one, I'll be teaching from the book the same thing I teach the clients that I meet with. I'm going to be teaching you. So if you listen, take notes, uh, press record, download, do whatever you got to do, because these are important things that can help you grow as a father. And so um, thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm recording live this morning, so I'm up early it's 7.05. I usually release my episodes at 7 in the morning, so hopefully you're tapped in early in the morning. But if you're not, it, it might be Saturday. It might be Tuesday. Whatever the case is, thank you for listening. And so, like I said, we're going to be talking about the power to nurture fathering without fear of violence. And so, you know me, since we've been changing, switching it up, I always like to start with a quote. And so uh, a quote says, act 
instead of react. It is difficult to control how I feel, but I can choose how I act in response to the feelings. And my actions can be guided by nurturing fathering practices that lead to desired outcomes. And so what is that trying to say? Act instead of react. Act means you're proactively telling yourself how you're going to respond instead of responding in a way that's impulsive. Impulsive meaning the first feeling that you get, you respond to it. And sometimes that can be unhealthy as a father in uh, the area of parenting or even the relationship with your spouse or girlfriend, whoever uh, she may be. And so we have to get out of this idea of responding impulsively because when we respond impulsively, uh, that that's what leads to aggression. That what leads to violence. That's what leads to parenting with fear. And there's already um, a stigma of fathers parenting in a macho way. You know what I mean? Like not taking any slack. Oh, I parent the old school way. I'm not soft. Uh, all this lovey-dovey stuff. No, I'm going to hit you upside the head. I'm going to put the fear of God in you. I'm going to parent you aggressively like you, you know, like your child is from the streets or something. And all of that has either been passed down to us, has we were parented that way. Um, we're dealing with our own trauma or hurt or brokenness like I was. Um, just a number of things, uh, we, we were given the role of a parent or the role of role reversal at an early age and didn't know the power of how to handle it. So we handled it aggressively with fear and violence. There's many, there's many factors that I can go on. And so we don't want to do that with our children. And I know, you know, it's not just society because it's 2022 and everybody, but it's, it's important to nurture as a father. It's important, uh, to, parent in such a way that is loving, right? And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you guys some some real deep information about the difference between parenting with fear or violence versus parenting in a nurturing way. And nurturing means developing, cultivating their goals, their skills, their purpose, um, your love in a way that can help them grow to be the person that they're supposed to be as a parent, right? So the challenge with parenting with fear of violence, one, these are, these are short-term things to consider, lowers the child's self-esteem and self-concept. Mm. Long-term things, blind obedience, rebellion, revenge, and disrespect. Have you ever wondered uh, why when sometimes when you spank a child, they seem to get worse? Now, am I telling you not to spank your child? No, but what I'm saying is let's examine it and let's look at how it impacts our child or children, right? 
let's let's talk about spankings or or hitting or corporal punishment. That's there's the big word, right? Spankings, hittings, whoopings, beatings. You know what I mean? If, if, if you know, we all know about the racetracks. We all know about the extension cords. We all know about the tree uh, tree branches, the belts, the shoes, the, the pots and pans, the two by fours. If you were me, we know about all of that. But what we don't know is what it, the intended goal and the actual goal. The actual goal, a lot of us don't know about. We know what, as a parent, the intended goal, which means what we're trying to get across. But this is how it actually can be received from the child, right? Corporal punishment. I gave you all those examples. This is the intended goal. Getting their attention, right? Stopping an undesired behavior. Teaching discipline. Teaching respect. These are these are the intended goals that a parent wants from their child. When they do those things, such as a spanking, whooping, beating, so on and so forth. But this is what it actually does. Listen closely. It gets their attention. They see anger and violence. Hurts physically and emotionally. Damages self-esteem. Teaches violence over Teaches violence, power over, leads to revenge and fear. Oof. Those are some heavy things to digest. So this is what it actually does to the child when you choose to use the tool as corporal punishment. Long term, that's what it does to the child. Have you ever noticed that a child can increasingly become more violent because of how they're being parent? how it can lower their self-esteem of of their self-worth, their self-value, how they see themselves. Um, They become more controlling, which is power over versus power to being collaborative, walking side by side, leads to revenge and fear. So they have a revenge out maybe on their parents, like, I'm going to get you back for this. You ain't going to do this or they carry those memories of how they were punished when they were younger. So it's all these emotional, psychological and mental things that they carry. And sometimes we don't know better, so we don't do better. But now that you have the information, it's up to you to digest it in a healthy way. I want to talk about another thing, blind obedience. What is blind obedience? When you're parenting in fear and violence and corporal punishment or or hitting a child is just one example. They're, They're following you. They're listening to you, hopefully, but maybe they don't understand why, right? And in the Bible, it says, in all wisdom, get understanding, right? So you want to comprehend why you're telling them to make the choice they need to make. And sometimes when you're spanking them to to get them to make the choice they need to make, they're making it, but they're making it based on fear. They're making it based on, I'm obeying my parents, but I don't know why um, I can't do that. I don't know why I can't, 
you know, see that or do that or talk back that way. I don't know why. That's blind obedience. So you want them to obey, one, because they love you, and two, because they understand uh, the rules of the house. They understand uh, safety. They understand these things. Not because, oh, because they're scared of what might happen. We don't want a parent with fear. What bail you? Like I said, um, some kids, uh, it actually makes them worse. So they keep on rebelling because they're just like I did at some point. Like I'm already in trouble. I already know I'm going to get a whooping. So I might as well just keep doing it. Have you as a child ever thought that? I know I have. So I'm going to just keep doing it because I already know what's going to happen. Right. So I don't I don't know how to fix the problem within myself. I know what's going to happen to me consequently. So I'm going to just keep doing it or revenge or disrespect mm, or resent resentment. Have you ever had resentment towards your parents for some of the things that they done to you that you did not agree with, such as we're just talking about corporal punishment, which would be uh as an example, whoopings or spanking, have you ever felt resentful? Like, man, when I'm when when I get bigger, you ain't never gonna hit me like that, or I'm gonna hit you back, or or one day you're gonna need me and I'm not gonna be there because all the times, you know, you went overboard. You know, I've heard these many stories uh from many men, and so we don't want that either. We don't want blind rebellion. We don't want uh I mean blind obedience, we don't want rebellion, we don't want revenge or disrespect. We don't want to lower the child's self-esteem or self-concept of them. And if if we want to take it a little bit deeper, think about slavery. As African-Americans, we always talk about the slave or the oppression mentality. When we were slaves in America, the master used to beat us. And what did that do? That created that created fear. So even when slavery was over, you were too afraid to leave your master because of fear. Fear is is a big thing. If you can control somebody's mind, you don't have to. You don't have to do corporal punishment because you have their mind, right? Self self esteem, self concept. You know, you getting whipped or you watching somebody uh, be whipped by the master. That, that that's lowering your self-concept of who you are. You're not considering yourself a, a African-American man. You're considering yourself three-fifths of a man because you're already being looked at as three-fifths of a man or less than three-fifths of a man. And so now when you see corporal punishment, you don't see yourself as anything of value except work. Rebellion, think about how many African-American slaves rebelled against that system because of how they were being treated or revenge, you know, or disrespect, blatant disrespect, spit in the master's face. And I'm not saying it wasn't warranted, but I'm saying we see these movies, we read these books, and I'm not just speaking to African-Americans, but I want you to see the concept of how it, the impact that it had the impact that it had and what did it really uh, resolve? How did it really impact the victim and the aggressor? Okay. 
Respect is something you must give in order to receive. Think about that, you guys. So yelling is another one. Getting their attention, communicating something of importance, teaching discipline and respect. That's what we do when we feel like we have to yell at our children. But what it actually does to the child, child turns off, shuts down, does not hear message, hears anger, violence, power over, feels badly about self, lower self-esteem, leads to revenge, fear, and disrespect. And so the same thing happens when you're constantly yelling. And I'm not saying that you should not talk firmly. Let's, let's, let's offer the balance, right? You might have to raise your voice, but there's a difference between talking firm or stern than talking aggressively or yelling to the point of not getting the right results. And the result is you want them to understand your point without you having to damage something internal. You know, anger, power over, lower self-esteem, these are all eternal things that from the outside you can't tell if their esteem, self-esteem is being lower. You can't tell if they fear you. You can't tell if they shut down. And maybe you can. And if you can tell these things, you know, especially with our young ladies, our girls, you know, I have a daughter, you know, these things that as I'm talking from uh, a lived experience that I used to do, I could tell my daughter was shut down eternally. You know what I mean? That emotionally um, she's she's checked out. Sometimes she wouldn't even she wouldn't even show emotions, you know, versus my son would show you know, he showed his outwardly, she showed hers inwardly. And I didn't, I, you know, I didn't want her um, to shut down emotionally or mentally. That's not what I wanted. So I had to digress from those things. So I'm not just teaching from the book. I'm also coming from real experiences that hopefully you can relate to. Put downs, attention to undesired behavior, uh, stopping undesired behavior, teaching what not to do, man, what are put downs, criticism, you know what I mean, you can never get this right, you're slow, you're stupid, you know what I mean, like, those things, when we set these high expectations, and they don't happen, right, then here comes the put downs, man, I've heard all kind of put downs, I've heard parents call their own kids the n-word, Oh, look at this little, he, he, he's stupid. Like, but then we expect them to act differently than what we call them. You call them lazy, but you expect them to stop being lazy. You call them stupid, but you expect them to be intelligent. You see how cr crazy that thinking is? You think by calling them that, that they're going to act something differently, but they're actually just going to grow more into what you're calling them. So if you call them bad, oh, I've heard, I've heard parents, oh, my, my son, my daughter, they're just bad. They're just bad. Okay, so what you're speaking into existence, don't expect the opposite. It's just that simple. Life and death is in the power of the tongue so that if you speak life, you will get life. If you speak things into uh, negative things, then 
that's what they will follow. Because, I mean, we've all known people or maybe you're that person that, you know, your parents have called you something so many times, whether it's fat, skinny, um, you're not good enough that after a while you just start believing it. Because you, as a parent, you kept speaking these things, hoping to get their attention for the undesired behavior, to stopping the undesired behavior or teaching them what not to do. But again, all this does is lower the self-esteem. They end up acting in the way that you're speaking. Uh, undesired behavior gets attention, doesn't teach what to do, leads to discouragement, withdrawal, and resentment. We've all been or have known somebody, a parent or has been a parent that has put down our child because of our own frustrations, because either they're not getting what we need them to do or we don't have the patience for them to grow into what they need to do. So we have this high expectation and when they don't get it, here comes the put downs. And so it leads to these long term things. Write this down. Discouragement, withdrawal and resentment. And so they feel like they can never do anything right. They feel like they have to be perfect at all times. Um, they feel like they can't make a mistake. And the truth of the matter is, if we were to be honest with ourselves, fathers, we'd be honest with ourselves as adults, we're still making mistakes. We don't want our kids to know, but we're still making mistakes. So if we're going to be critical about our kids, then we have to be critical about ourselves. So if we have to give ourselves the same grace that we give our kids. Um, so put downs, this is not something you want to do. So these are the three main things that as fathers, you're leading with fear or violence, yelling, put downs, corporal punishment. And so now I want you to sit and ask yourself, what do you want to lead with? What do you want to lead with? What are going to be your things you want to lead with. For me, I'm going to give you mine. I'm, I'm going to give you a list of like seven or eight, and I'm going to give you my top three, okay? The things you want to lead with is expressing love, encouraging, praise, hugs, giving choices, consequences, listening, family rules. And I'm not going to read all of the intended goals or the actual outcomes, but I'm going to read the three that I kind of gravitate to. So my first one is encouraging. And uh, facilitating growth and development, facilitating competence and performance. That's the intended goal for encouraging. It promotes will to succeed, to take risks, to grow, to learn, increases ability to tolerate failure. My next one is praise. This is the intended goal, attention to desired behavior, teaching what to do, showing parental approval, increased self-esteem, self-concept, tendency to repeat desired behavior, sense of well-being, love and encouragement. Giving choices. I'm, I'm big on giving choices. Empowerment. Learning to analyze and solve problems. That's the intended goal. Feels empowered. Power to. Learns to analyze and solve problems. Leads to 
self-responsibility. And so here's the thing. When we can lead in those three ways that I just named, which are my favorite or the other ones that I named off, you are in the mindset of being a nurturing father, which is increases the child's self-esteem and self-concept. Self-discipline. Hmm, I wonder what that means. Well, let me share it with you. Self-discipline means that they, your child, whether son or daughter, is able to self-train. See, we've all, we've all been confused. We thought discipline and punishment is the same thing. And let me drop, let me drop a jewel on you. Discipline and punishment are not the same thing. People use them interchangeably all the time. But you know what? Discipline means training. Discipline means teaching. Discipline means guiding. The root word of discipline is disciple. So what does that mean? To follow. Follow, teach, train, guide has nothing to do with punishing. Mmm. So when we talk about nurturing fathers and self-discipline, that means they have the ability to train their self. They have ability to guide their self without you even being around. They know what to do. That's what self-discipline is. So you don't have to say something. They know they see the trash full. They take out the trash. You don't have to say something. They know that it's, at this time, it's time to cut off the TV and go to bed. At this time, they feel themselves as a toddler. I got to use the bathroom. They go to the bathroom. That's self-discipline. So this is what happens when you are a nurturing father, when you're able to lay out the family rules, you're able to encourage, you're able to praise, you're, you're able to give choices. Um, what were some other ones? Uh, consequences, hugs, expressing love, listening. You're, you're nurturing in a way. And it's not soft. It's not all this is how, you know, society does it now. It's the way that's going to be the most beneficial for your child. And to add that, being that this is a, a dad podcast, but also I come from a Christian perspective. This is how God parents us as his children in a nurturing way through grace and mercy. Mm. I could go deeper, but we are already 25 minutes in. So self-discipline, self-responsibility, cooperation, and respect. Those are the things that are going to happen long-term when you discipline, I mean, when you parent your child in a nurturing way. I'm going to say it again. Increases child self-esteem, self-concept, self-discipline, self-responsibility, cooperation and respect. These are these are the critical things you want to see from your child over time as you're trying to change your mindset of how you see yourself, how you want to parent and how you want to be a nurturing father or mother if you're listening, okay? We're going to wrap up, but I want to leave you with one more thing. There's still more in this book. I want to leave you with the concept of power over versus power to. You heard me mentioning it. These are different styles, right? Power over versus power to is essential pivotal concept. If you choose to let it in, it can be transformational in becoming 
nurturing father. It can transform your relationship to yourself, your body, your emotions, your children, your spouse, and even the world. Let's look at this more closely. What is power over? Power over is how can I control? At the end of the day, listen to me closely. You can't control your kids. You can't control your spouse. And that's where we get into trouble, dads, fathers, because we want the control. We want the control. I was guilty of it, right? I was guilty. That's why I, I used to parent in a certain way, aggressively or, 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 or wanting to be in control of everything. And at the end of the day, all you can control is yourself. You can't control, but you can definitely influence. When you have a controlling mindset, right? It's either win or lose. You live inside the realm of fear. It's me versus y'all or you. It's fight or flight mentality. So you get frustrated, you're ready to fight. That's what leads to violence. You get frustrated, you're ready to flight. That means you're leaving, you're getting out of there. And that mindset doesn't lead to anything long-term that is gonna have the best results as parenting. So what do we want as I'm wrapping up? We want power too. How can I help? Mm. As fathers, we are here to serve. I was reading uh, Ephesians 5.23 on my wedding anniversary. And it said, you know, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. And how did Christ love the church? through service. How can I help? How can I help? How can I walk beside you for where it's a win-win? Jesus loved the church so much that he died, right? And, but how can we, if we're not physically dying, how can we die? We die to ourselves. We die to our pride. We die to our selfish ways. And how do we do that? One way is service. How can I serve my family? How can I walk beside them and, and teach them how to do this, how to do that, which can become a win-win. How can my mindset go from fear to nurturing? How can I change me to a we, to where it's collective and collaborating? I want you to digest that. I want you to think about that. Where am I in my parenting? Am I more how can I control or how can I help? When how can I help comes in, that means you've taken the pride out. You've humbled yourself. You've, you're saying, I'm going to walk side by side with you instead of how can I control? How can I dominate? This isn't a sport. There is no manual or playbook to being a father, but there is a podcast like me, Fatherhood Fridays, to help you as I've helped myself and ha as others have helped me along the way. So if you like what you're hearing as I'm wrapping up, go ahead, hit that subscribe button because I'm all over the world this, this time. And so where can you find me? Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, just to name a few. Hit the subscribe or follow button and you will get reminders to your tab every Friday when I drop an episode. You can always go to anchorfm.com and find me Fatherhood Fridays with apostrophe S. Until then, this has been the 99th episode, and I will see you next Friday 
on the 100th episode of Fatherhood Friday Season 6. Take care.